0: CISA's New Year's resolutions, the future of VMware is here, and you're not invited, and the FCC wants your TPS reports. These stories and much more on today's episode of MSP Dispatch.
1: This episode is presented by OIT VoIP. Enhance your client's communication abilities with our VoIP solution. Featuring integrated billing, on-demand training, and live U.S. support. Collaborate seamlessly with Microsoft Teams integration and put your entire phone system in your pocket with MobileX. Improve your offerings and increase profitability with reliable service for one-tenth of the average MSP acquisition cost. To learn more, visit oit.co or dial 844-CALL-OIT
0: good morning and welcome to the february 16th episode of msp dispatch your source for news community events and commentary in the msp channel i'm Ray Rossini, joined as always by my co-host mr tony francisco how you doing tony I'm good, Tony. How are you doing? (laughs) And if you want to know why you're saying that, go to the (laughs) The end after watching this and go to the bloopers. Yeah. People um, don't understand how much we actually have fun on this show. We're so stupid. We're basically a frat house uh, in the green. But Tony, you had your birthday, you had Valentine's Day. Uh, I know you're always hmm. running and busy doing stuff, but how was your day, man?
2: Today's a day. I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still recovering from Mardi Gras. Got to be honest with you. Um, uh, I'm, I'm older. Uh, I actually, to be blunt, I, I love. I, I'm so busy, as you mentioned, that being on this show. There's a lot of our people out there that tell me like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I get a chance to listen like once a week. You know, so when I get twice a week, I feel like a little bit more up to date. I wish I had more time." I am in that ilk right there, and this is my forced to listen. I'm a little bit more engaged, but what you don't understand is while Ray is reading these stories, I'm like, oh, I'm so emotional. Like this is all coming out. and So I'm listening to the podcast just like you in real time. But I'm, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm busy, 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 love, love, love the show. And I look forward, look forward to it every single twice a week Uh, and uh, I'm staying up to date.
0: And I should bring up that uh, I had a conversation with one of the people in our Discord, uh, Travis Mayo, who said that he doesn't have the attention span to watch video consume news in video format. And I said, absolutely, I completely get it. We have audio podcast versions of this so there's an audio version of msp dispatch by itself there's a video version of msp dispatch by itself in podcast form and then there's an aggregated audio version and an aggregated video version for all mmn shows on a single feed and we have it set that way so you can get exactly what you want and that way if you want to check out ai roundup 38 to 38 partner first tech bar you can do it in one podcast subscription Um, what is the production company that puts all of this on it's um, MSP Media Network, your source for news, community oh, yes. and commentary in the MSP channel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what an amazing selection. And then people don't understand the amount of production work that goes on the back end. And hold on, for all the audio listeners right now that have me in their ears right now, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we gotta get into the news. Come on, let's, we got some news to talk about. Let's get
0: into the news.
2: Jumping on my first story from CISA.gov. Since 2021, the Joint Cyber Defense Collaboration, that's JCDC, has united partners to tackle risks and enhance security. JCDC is a public-private cybersecurity collaborative that leverages new authorities granted by Congress in the 2021 National Defense Authorization Act to unite global cyber community in a collective effort to defend cyberspace. Recently, JCDC announced its 2024 priorities, expanding its partnership to address the evolving cyber risks. These priorities focus on defending against advanced persistent threats, that's APTs, raising cybersecurity baselines and anticipating emerging technology risks. Specific initiatives include countering APT activity, preparing for major cyber incidents, fortifying election security, mitigating ransomware impacts, and promoting secure technology designs. The threat landscape continues to evolve, and the collaborative work like this helps MSPs protect small businesses from real cyber risks we all face in 2024 and beyond. Ray, as we unpack this just a little bit, all I'm hearing is there's awareness now. And and I, I cannot tell you how happy stuff like this makes me because it is not just, hey, uh, everyone should be aware of cyber security issues. Hey, um, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. We start getting to, hey, there are frameworks out there to better yourself. Now we're talking about prior, a list of priorities. Uh, we have baseline uh, focuses and initiatives, and they're handled not just from the uh, the town, city, state, but from the national level and in a lot of cases now, from multiple, multiple nations collaborating together to combat this. What are your thoughts?
0: I love it. I love it. JCDC is... <laughs> I, I mean, it. I, I do. Uh, JCDC has been doing a whole lot um, working with MSPs, working with the MSP vendors. Um, you know what I mean? They're doing a whole lot. Um, and so I appreciate it because like CISA, CISA being... It, it's not just about protecting everything because at the end of the day, the MSPs manage so much of the globe's infrastructure. It is a significant amount. And so, and whether it's MSP, ITSPs, IT providers, bars, whatever the hell you wanna call yourselves, don't care, yay trunk slammers, doesn't matter. The point is that, well, I wanna include everybody, but the point is you have to get their input. It is not just talking to the Fortune 1000 Fortune 500 getting their input, you have to get the input from the practitioners. And there's more IT people in the SMB space than there are IT people in the enterprise space. Those are just numbers. So I Absolutely. appreciate the, the efforts by CISA and JCDC when they do this work with the MSP community. Um, that, that means a big, That's a big deal to me. That, that shows me they're not just Washington making a bunch of rules that nobody
2: understands. They're actually talking to the MSP community. And, and I would like to rewind just a little bit because there are some newer MSPs out there. And by newer, I mean you've been around uh, like only 10 years. It um, doesn't seem like it's new, but trust me, you're new. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, uh, MSP, what's MSP? What's an MSP? Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's, do you remember these? I mean, it was fascinating. Every time you know, what's an MSP? There's a market. Yeah, it's kind of a little market. It's kind of a little market. It's kind of like the, la- the last mile. You know, on in the yeah, telco it's, world, it's, it's one of those things. It's, yeah. Literally everywhere. <laughs> um, so, so that being said, Ray, I'm going to ask you an interesting question. Okay. This particular article came from CISA, okay, and cisa.gov. If you haven't been there, please, please, please go. It's one of my one of my favorite frameworks, um, and of course, you need uh, you know a Sherpa to get you to the different frameworks. CISA is a, a solid one. Um, uh, what do you think CISA can do to make this better? Because we have, the, in this particular case, the Joint Cyber Defense Collaboration, which in itself is an offset of what I consider to be best practices. Do you think there can be something at a national or a global even drilling down to a vendor level that's run by this standard in this particular community? Or am, am I going in the wrong direction? What are your thoughts? What, how, what can we do to make this better?
0: Um, so, like everything, uh, everything has been addressed historically by The Simpsons or by XKCD because there's an episode <laughs> for either one for absolutely any topic. Um, <laughs> oh and this to me screams the standards, XKCD, where we have 92 standards, we should make one standard to rule them all, now we have 93 standards. And so, while I would love a United Nations or some global level security practice, if anybody watched our MSP community live, uh, I think it was a week and a half, two weeks ago, um, where we did a special edition on Wednesday and it was with Kyle Spooner, Jason Slagle uh, and others. um, And we asked, we asked the question, what is the minimal basal requirements for security? And I had four very intelligent, very experienced MSPs that could not agree on it. Um, and so I have a hard time when it's people I, I actually, you know, I, I hold in esteem have that difficulty. And
2: how the hell is anybody else gonna do it? Right? And we're talking about basically you're stealing my them. thunder. <laughs> I'm asking a question that I know is like, okay, so how do you crush a diamond? Like how do you like how do you make a diamond more diamondy? Um you, you I, I want to make this and, and I don't know the answer. I truly truly truly, oh, truly don't know the answer. Yeah. Um anyway, you know what I'd like to hear? I'd like to hear from the other MSPs out there. Give us some suggestions. Just for the record, JCDC is literally talking to you, but maybe not you directly. Maybe it's someone else your neighbor. This is an opportunity for your opinion to be aired. What can we do to make this better? But in the meantime, the one thing that is very, very, very certain is that you're going to be using VMware. That's the one thing I know. Right, Ray?
0: Uh As long as you're not a partner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, you're absolutely right, uh, Tony, or wrong. I don't know. It depends on how you take this story. (laughs) So in our next uh, top story, Broadcom cuts VMware Partner Program by 10,000. This is written by S.A. Carlisle for Channel EDE. Broadcom's acquisition of VMware has led to significant changes in its partner program, reducing the number of partners from 28,000 to 18,000. The transition to the Broadcom Advantage Partner Program, effective February 5, 2024, left many VMware partners needing clarification about their future involvement. Cindy Lloyd, Broadcom's VP of Global Partner and Commercial Sales, outlined the new program's features, emphasizing simplification and transparency. Notable changes include a net margin model disclosing discounts up front, streamlined pricing with four SKU bundles, enhanced partner profitability, and deal protection. Lloyd acknowledged the disruptive nature of the changes, but assured partners that successful aspects of the VMware program were retained. Despite initial concerns and uncertainty, Broadcom aims to support partners in delivering customer outcomes effectively through its revamped partner program. I'm not sure that we're making the program. We're keeping the tenants that made it great. And also 10,000 of you. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, and we've seen this. We see, Dell did this, right, with Premier Partner. It, they said, no, goes to distribution. We don't want you if you're below a certain volume. Microsoft has done this, right? They've made being a CSP mostly miserable. Um, and, and they've upped the uh, requirements for the tier ones, so the people that Microsoft wants to work directly with. Um, while all these companies are quote unquote, doubling down on their partner programs, it seems the partner programs means less partners. Tony, you have experience with this. Uh, like, what, what's your what's your? I take do.
2: <laughs> as soon as you said Microsoft, I'm like, ooh, you just had to, that nerve was right there. You just had to poke it in there, stick your finger, grind a little bit. Uh, so here, for those of you who are familiar with uh, Oprah and Microsoft, you get a CSP license and you get a CSP license and you everybody gets a CSP license. Right. You guys are you're selling, you're doing good. Now give me back your CSP license. Give it first off, I'm gonna bill you a minimum fifteen thousand dollars a year if you don't have uh, just 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 to have it for the support. Uh, I know you have a support mechanism. I know you haven't submitted a ticket in two to three years at all, but I'm still going to bill you $15,000 for it. If you don't have a minimum of $300,000, oops, sorry, that's $500,000 now. Sorry, a m- moment changed. If you don't have a, mo- a minimum of $500,000 in recurring revenue and a 24 by 7 support uh, mechanism uh, and a, uh, a billing processes uh, that can, uh, a mechanism that can process, you know, Uh, immediate billing that's detailed and aggregated based on the ag reports that that Microsoft sends you, which no one understands, by the way, then we're going to take your CSP license uh, away from you. Those are everything I just said. Every CSP out there right now, if if you see somebody trembling in a fetal position, uh, having a seizure, probably crying under a desk, Those are or were CSPs. So we've done this, so the question is, why did that happen? And it may be a strategic decision. So process a theoretical, my my theory in this. is a theoretical vision that I had when I saw Microsoft doing it. If you're saying everyone can become a partner and there's certain uh, advantages, become partner, become partner. Of course, you're gonna go out and sell. Of course. And then you're slowly but surely going to lower the limbo bar or raise the uh, you must you know the minimum bar. And as that minimum bar gets higher and higher, higher, you now have a choice. You can partner with a bigger fish, or you can get out. Now we both know passing your customers to the bigger fish continues that revenue stream that you had before. But if you back up just a hair and look at what's going on upstream, guess what? They just got free business and they're consolidating slowly but surely the points of contact that the vendor themselves have to uh, communicate with. So thereby reducing, of course, operational costs on their end. So I think that strategy plays out, but it doesn't always mean that that's the right one. I'm babbling about this because again, you poke the nerve and you made me twitch. Ray, talk to me. Sorry for babbling on. No,
0: it's uh, that's exactly why I poked the Microsoft bear with you, because I know exactly how you feel on this subject. Here's my thing. All those things sound extremely favorable to the vendor, to the supplier. Now, keep in mind, our vendors have shown many vendors, not all vendors, not even most vendors, but many vendors have shown them to be un um, inappropriate wardens of the customer data and the vendor and the partner relationship. And by that, I mean... Mm. You know, getting SonicWalled was a, it was a verb. Um, or, I wouldn't make it a, yeah, it would be a verb, not an adverb. Um, but getting SonicWalled was a thing where, you know, when Dell owns SonicWALL they reach out directly to your customers. How many times <laughs> have you had a <laughs> Lenovo where you purchase a computer and then they're getting marketing for the same damn thing for cheaper than you can get at distribution, right? Going to Lenovo.com's website. These are not good benevolent actions that are representative of a solid partner program. These are, yeah, you wanna join the program, no problem, feed our marketing funnel, we're happy to take it. That to me kills me. So in my end, I actually always went distribution instead of directly to Dell or to anybody else, not because of volume, because I didn't wanna share my customer data. So your vendor's gonna have access to any of the data you've given them, including your client information, so keep that smart, because PI leaks happen all the time. Right, Tony? Hmm,
2: yes. In my next main story from darkreading.com, FCC requires telecom and VoIP providers to report PII breaches. Ray, hear me out on this one. This one's gonna hit home. Starting next month, telecom and VoIP providers must notify customers of data breaches involving personally identifiable information, that's PII, under new FCC rules. The first update in 16 years, reflecting increased data breach impact in the telecom industry. Carriers and service providers must also report breaches to the FCC, FBI, and Secret Service within seven days of discovery. The FCC's definition of PII includes names, contact details, dates of birth, social security numbers, and biometrics. Previously, only breaches involving customer proprietary network information that CPNI triggered notifications. Providers may be exempt from notifying customers if they determine no harm is likely. But the FCC has broadened the breach definition to include accidental access or disclosure of customer information." Ray, so now, before when you put your finger right in that Microsoft nerve and made me twitch and I couldn't stop talking, allow me to retort. How would you like to address? <laughs> how would you like to handle this with your VoIP background? You, you know, telco backwards and forwards. You, you actually, I, I, I talk about how technical you are, and talk about like literally the the routers at the edge that control everything. Ray gets in there and just kind of like messes around. It's like uh, it's, it's pedestrian level for him. Uh, how do you want to address this? Because this is good in some aspects. But do you think it's going to uncover a lot that, frankly, you and I have been talking about for a long time? So I like the
0: fact that they're requiring contact to the FBI so quickly. Seven days to contact the FBI, honestly, is more than enough time. Within 24 hours, you know an incident's occurred. You've begun, you've contacted your insurance company, hopefully, per your IR, IR policy. You've engaged with an IR vendor that's either recommended by your insurance company or somebody you had a pre established relationship with or ask us we know a million people um, and then part of the insurance stuff is you're going to reach out to the FBI a lot of people miss that last part okay these are these internet these internet issues are federal okay so the FBI gets involved cybersecurity is federal the FBI gets involved um, Something that should note though um, actually you know how Tony you bring up stuff and then I always just pull it out um, this is an annual report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, this was I was signing this today not even knowing about the story. This is an annual report we have to file every year and it is the annual 47 CFR subchapter 64.2009E CPNI certification. And I'm going to give you some highlights from this because this is something every VoIP and telecom vendor has to do every single year. Um and it already covers CPNI. We just this is the 2024 one. So some of the highlights from this are the, and these are attestations I have to make as the owner of the company. The company has not taken any actions in the form of proceedings, instituted, or per, or petitions filed by a company at either state commissions, the court system, or the commission against data brokers in the past year. Why would I file litigations or complain against a data broker? Because my data is being used inappropriately, right? Or there was a breach. Very intelligent design to this. And I don't say that often about federal agencies. The company understands that it must report on any information that it is respect to the processes pretextors are using to attempt to access CPNI and what steps the company is taking to protect CPNI. Protecting CPNI and then vis-a-vis the PI now with the new extensions are not optional for your VoIP provider or your telecom provider. Um, and you guys know I'm always looking out for you. I don't care if you're an IT VoIP customer, I don't care if you're anybody else's customer. I'm a big fan of vendor diligence, vendor due diligence, like we were just talking about in the last story. This is required. Ask your VoIP vendor for a copy. And for the record, because you know I, I stand by what I say, we're publishing this on our website. Um, but this has elements. Zero instances of improper access by employees. Zero instances, zero complaints, I'm sorry. Zero complaints of improper disclosure to individuals not authorized to receive the information. Zero complaints of instances of improper access to online information by individuals not authorized to view the information. This is not saying that an incident occurred. This is saying, have there been any complaints about these items? They need to be reported. So the document's very thorough. And I and I think it does a lot better job of vendor due diligence than probably most MSPs do already. I think it's fantastic. I normally I'm not a fan a fan of government overreach. This to me seems right on the money. Uh, but that's our time, Tony. Um, thank you for poking my bear. Of course now I'm on fire. My blood's boiling. Thank you for that. Um, because you hit me with FCC, you hit me with TPS report, or, you know CPNI, and you hit me with telco. And you hit me with vendor due diligence. I mean, ah, so ah, you know what, Tony, boom. I'm done with this. Let's get to the notables, man. Let's get the notables, man. See us
2: it.
0: In my first notable mention, Microsoft February 2024 patch Tuesday fixes two zero days, 73 flaws and a partridge in a pear tree. And a story by Lawrence Abrams for Bleeping Computer. Microsoft's 2024 Patch Tuesday addresses 73 flaws and two zero-day vulnerabilities. Five critical vulnerabilities, including denial of service, remote code execution, information disclosure, and elevation of privilege flaws have been addressed. Notably, the update also addresses actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities, including flaws that bypass Windows Smart Screen and Internet shortcut file security features. We did cover the Internet shortcut file security issue on a previous episode of MSP Dispatch. These vulnerabilities could allow attackers to bypass security checks and execute malicious code. My next notable mention, OpenAI gives ChatGPT a memory, written by Kyle Wiggers for TechCrunch. OpenAI introduces memory controls for ChatGPT, enabling users to prompt AI to remember or forget specific information. Initially available to select users, these controls will gradually expand to broader users. Users can instruct ChatGPT to recall details relevant to ongoing conversations, enhancing its responsiveness over time. In addition, users can also manage ChatGPT's memory settings, including viewing and deleting memories with options for disabling memory altogether. To address privacy concerns, OpenAI offers a temporary chat feature ensuring privacy during specific interactions. Memories are not shared between ChatGPT and other GPTs, protecting user confidentiality.
2: In my first notable mention, Fortinet and Ivanti keep customers busy with yet more critical bugs. Story from darkreading.com. Fortinet and Ivanti VPN customers face ongoing challenges with critical bugs as both vendors recently disclosed flaws requiring immediate action. Fortinet revealed exploited vulnerability, cve 2024-21762 in its FortiOS SSL VPN and three other flaws. Ivanti, on the other hand, disclosed a critical bug CVE 2024-22024 in its Connect Secure and Pulse Secure technologies requiring immediate patching. Despite initial denials, Ivanti has acknowledged external discovery of the bug, and these disclosures coincide with ongoing exploitation attempts on other vulnerabilities, and customers should promptly apply patches to mitigate these risks. In my next notable mention from bleepingcomputer.com, ongoing Microsoft Azure account hijacking campaign targets executives. A phishing campaign detected in late November, 2023, compromised hundreds of user accounts in Microsoft Azure environments, including those of senior executives. Proofpoint's cloud security response team issued an alert detailing the threat actor's methods and suggesting defense measures. According to Proofpoint's cloud security response team, hackers target executive accounts to access confidential information, approve fraudulent transactions and use critical systems to further attacks. The attacks used documents with links disguised as view document buttons, leading to phishing pages. The cybersecurity firm also noted signs that the attackers could be from Russia or Nigeria, based on their use of local fixed line internet providers. In addition, Proofpoint suggested that organizations can detect incidents early and minimize attackers opportunities by monitoring user agent strings, resetting passwords, and swiftly detecting account takeover events.
1: Last Friday, February 10th, Mid Journey, Stability AI, Runway ML, and DeviantArt all submitted new motions to strike or dismiss complaints brought against them in a class action lawsuit involving many artists... Some notables include Sarah Anderson, aka Sarah Scribbles, and Gregor Rakowski, or you may have seen his name in almost any AI prompt, Greg Rakowski. We've been waiting for some time to see how judges would rule on the fair use aspect of AI as many legal arguments, as well as the people in the comments of my videos, claim that what LLMs and diffusion engines do is transformative of the works they reference. But with these new motions, it looks like fair use may not even come into play at all. And the precedents are there to support this, as we saw in a case covered here earlier this year between Sarah Silverman and OpenAI. Essentially, the lawyers for the AI tech companies argue that the outputs from their products are not really what should be focused on in these cases, but rather the models themselves. In that case, Kadri et al., which includes Sarah Silverman versus Meta Platforms. U.S. District Judge Vince Chahabria is quoted, There is no way to understand the Lama models themselves as a recasting or adaptation of any of the plaintiff's books. Uh, it's worth noting that these two lawsuits have both now referenced each other for precedent <laughs> in previous rulings. So we got a little Ouroboros thing going on here. The biggest and strongest argument artists have had to date against AI, either LLMs or diffusion models, is that the companies use their data without their consent to train their models. But what these latest motions make clear is that the products that were created by scraping this data are the models themselves, not the outputs, which it seems so obvious, but all this time we've had to face the accusations about the outputs that these models can create. What is becoming much clearer now is that AI engines will most likely be treated in the same manner as Xerox machines, VCRs, or even Adobe Photoshop. There are plenty of amazing upcoming events taking place across the community, so let's see what's happening this week. On Tuesday, February 20th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, MSP sales trends you cannot ignore in 2024 presented by Barracuda MSP. And also on the 20th, an in-person event, the MSP Revenue Generator in New Orleans, Louisiana. And then the next day, the 21st at 8 a.m. Eastern, Acronis Academy presents Cloud Tech Recertification. And coming from the MSP Media Network this week, we have later today at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, MSP Community Live will be back for a new episode. And then next week on Wednesday, the 21st at 10 a.m., another episode of AI Roundup, followed on Thursday the 22nd at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time by a new episode of The Tech Bar, our Valentine's special with Cynthia Schreiner of CyberQP. Coming March 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, a special channel program webinar all about finding new revenue opportunities via automation and process. Featuring Greg Sharp, CEO and founder of Zen Contract, Frank Gurney, Channel Director of Security Studio, and Tara Rummer, Director of Community and Events at Emibot, with special guest moderator Ray Orsini, CEO of OIT VoIP and founder of the MSP Media Network. Follow the link in the show notes to save your seat and learn proven strategies to increase your monthly recurring revenue. So how'd you like today's show?
0: If you liked it, both times please hit that thumbs up button and if you didn't go and hit it three five seven times you know the deal and if you want to hear more go and hit that subscribe button on the youtubes or your favorite podcatcher did you know we also have a discord where we post stories all week you can even send us your own stories and even vote on which ones we'll cover as my friend rich bakey says make sure to tell a friend about your cpni leak also be sure to follow us on social media at msp media tv have any questions? Email news at mspmedia.tv for answers on the next episode or leave us a voicemail 833 MSP Network. All right, Tony, let's do this round two because we just did this entire closing <laughs> and then I derailed us because of a comma. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> because of a comma, this is going great. What's going on?
0: yeah (laughs) and of course it's always on days where we have time crunches right it's never on a day where we have nothing to do um so i apologize for the misfortune if you guys want to know what the hell we're talking about go check out the bloopers today was chock full of stupidity um but and good times and good laughs but tony i appreciate you dude thank you for your time today I hope you have a phenomenal weekend, and I can't wait to see you back Thank again you on uh,
2: Tuesday. I love being here. I literally look forward to this. I'm just decompressing from Mardi Gras from birthday celebrations. Uh, you know, Next week is a whole new week where my anxiety is going to be back at top, top, top levels again, which will be good, and get some more beat reel after it, too.
0: There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, keep your cups and your hearts full. Keep your networks free of intruders. And uh, let's hope we don't get any knock alerts. (laughs) Take care of yourselves and each other.
2: Be safe, everyone.
0: This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network. Good morning, and welcome to the February 16th episode of MSP Dispatch, your source for news, community events, and commentary in the MSP channel. I'm Tony Francisco, joined as always by... All right, Tony, I did you dirty by poking you with the Microsoft bear, you did me dirty back by poking you with FCC.
2: Um,
0: we, we definitely went spy versus spy here. Uh, it was absolutely warranted. Um, what the fuck is up with that title? MSP dispatch, February comma 16th space, 2024. February space 16th comma 2024.
2: February 16th, 2024. I don't understand the problem.